Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. This weekend, the texts are so hard, I wish the rotation of homilies was not mine this week, but rather Deacon Brett's. But that's not what the cards have dealt. Today we conclude with, in our liturgical season here, one of the most difficult sayings in all of Scripture. And in fact, I can't think of one harder. I mean, can you? Love your enemies. Ugh. Isn't the very definition of an enemy a person who actively opposes and is hostile to you? What kind of madness is this that we would be loving the bully who wants to take you out? Is it reasonable to love someone who desires to wage war on the innocent? How can I love my friend who betrayed me? The co-worker or boss who mistreated me. The family member who wronged me. The spouse who cheated on me. The person who vandalized my property. The one with whom I disagree with regarding politics. The person who is responsible for killing someone I loved. Simply put... I can't, we can't, without the supernatural grace of God. The supernatural grace of God makes all things possible. So how do we encounter this supernatural grace so that we can do which is greater than our broken nature? Well, the scriptures give us insight, and I have four points of insight from the scripture so think about someone as i offer these maybe that is your enemy today or someone you're having a big argument with or someone who is mad at you or maybe you're struggling because you've done something wrong number one pray Pray for the conversion of their hearts and yours. Jesus made this very clear. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Number two, greet them. That sounds strange, but that's what he said next. Be the first then to show kindness. To have respectful words and behaviors towards that person. This advice, again, quickly follows after the last one in the gospel. And I know that when I have done this, here I get sometimes the person more angry at me. Or they're now more visibly rude. It confounds them because they keep attacking and I keep being smiley. I'm not great at this, but this is the challenge. And when I've been able to, I can say, pull it off because of God's grace, I've witnessed two different things that happened. That was one of them. 
See, the evil that they had previously perpetrated in secret is now made more visible to others around them. I smiled. I said, hello. And they come at me. And no longer is it private. You know who else who did this? Reverend Dr. Luther, Martin Luther King. He was a genius in his peaceful protests, for he would then peacefully come into a town. And it would elicit the evil that was there, which might have been hidden in before, but now it's on television for all to see. The second thing it has revealed to me is that it opens doors to reconciliation knowing that they can come back. When they finally, hopefully, change their tune, there's not a friction to have an interaction because we're already friendly no matter what. They don't have to even say, I'm sorry. Have you noticed some people, that's not, they're just not capable of it, but they will then just start being friendly back. But if we are not ourselves, it'll be much more difficult for them to reconcile or come back. See, grace has a way of softening our hearts, changing our hearts, that on our own we cannot do. Number three, don't retaliate, seek revenge, or call them names. Again, we heard this in the scriptures today. This idea comes from Leviticus, where we hear that we're not to say bad words to people. And we hear in the scriptures, in the Sermon on the Mount with Jesus, that we're not to say raka. This is, you didn't hear this exactly today, but the word means fool. In other words, don't call someone names. Now, I may feel that I want to get back at them, because that will then be equal, right? They've harmed me, I'm going to harm you back. I might even hear, and you might hear this in culture, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I'm like, yeah, and then what did Jesus say after that? Right? They just take that section and justify themselves. Because the next phrase, right, was the hardest of the scriptures. But see what happens when we do that. We stoop to the level of evil of the perpetrator. And then I would be no better than the aggressor themselves. And now I need to go to reconciliation, go to confession. And as it turns out, I find that in my own life that that's what gets in my way the most. It's all those other sins, especially my ego. And when I walk out of the confessional, I'm capable of being kinder, more forgiving, and gracious than I was before. I'm like released from all those bondages. And that supernatural grace then can actually be active. Through this amazing sacrament, I'm able to have then peace. And strength when with my adver adversaries, my enemies. Retaliation can create worse retaliation. They poke my eye out, I go kill them. They come to my, my, my village, they wipe out my village. The larger community of my people then come and wipe them all out. You see how this just accelerates. The actual eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth was actually a law instruction to decrease this idea of increasing the violence. 
But Jesus says, we must go to the heart. Do not return violence for violence. And number four, accountability. This is my word for this. Jesus is not telling us that we should be a doormat in the face of evil or become enablers to people who are doing bad things with impunity. Impunity means with no consequences. For then we might be culpable ourselves of continuing that evil when we may have been able to stop it. When I was a third grader, I was walking home from Jefferson Elementary in Medford. I was like a block away from home. I was right in front of Medford Mid-High. But I was walking there. There was a sixth grader who I'd never met before, and he was taunting me across the street as we're walking. And then he finally passed over the street and started walking and following me. Now, I'm probably sure I was probably 90 degrees wet with, with you know, like weights and then my violin case. Violin case, by the way, is not a very good weapon, by the way. And he just took me out and started wailing on me. And I was yelling, screaming. And it's interesting because right across the, mi the mid middle school there, and no one stopped it. They just watched. I didn't retaliate in the sense. I didn't return the favor. I did not fight back even. I calculated, not because I'm, you know, smart. I just go, this guy is twice my size. What good will it do? This will just get worse. I just knew that by nature. But after he was done and he said, you better not tell anybody. I don't know what to say. I just groveled all the way home. To which my mother then took me right to the school, to the principal. We looked up this person in the yearbook and justice was met. And I never had a problem with this person after that. And I hope he never did that to anybody else afterwards because I couldn't have been the only one. Bullies just don't bully one person. It's a behavior that goes to other people. And I've had this many times in my life. When I was in middle school, somebody did something similar and they said, you better not tell anybody. Now I had a little bit more um, wit about myself. My response to them is, I'm sorry, it's too late for that now. Because as soon as I got off the bus after they assaulted me, I went to the principal's office. And I never had problems with them again. Fast forward to my high school reunion. I think it was my 20th. Yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> this gentleman walks up to me and says, Hey, Bill, we have a name tag on. And starts being my host, showing me around, introducing me to the people, because we've all kind of changed. He tells me his name. And I just, I came out like, why does a ghost I feel? Because I'm like, I know this name. This name is one of these perpetrators when I was in middle school. He was very weathered. Life had, did not treat him well. But somehow it appears to me that he learned something through all the wreckage he created, and I was part of that. He didn't say he was sorry for anything. But he just showed me around and was my host, introducing me to people. Sometimes your enemy is not going to just say, I'm sorry. They may not be capable of saying it. They may not even remember it. Let's start with where they are. I don't remember anything about the reunion. That I remember. 
I was taken back. I was going home like, what just happened? I could never have known that 30 or 20 years from, you know, that first incident that this would have happened. Because he was even at church with me when I was a high schooler. I wanted to reach over the pews and strangle him. Like, how dare he go to church? He's such an evildoer. That, that wouldn't have worked, right? <laughs> Not in church. Not in my size, right? Now may, maybe I was 100 pounds wet and with my violin, right? I wanted to tell his mother because she was right next to him. Turns out his brother ended up working with me in youth ministry when I was a, high, a, a teacher. Now I was ministering in that same church. It's bizarre how this happens. God is so great, and he can do amazing things. So we may think that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is going to solve things, but it does not. But we must then protect the vulnerable. There must be accountability. That doesn't mean we always attack back. I was a victim, and afterwards we sought out justice and stop the aggression. I don't know if anybody else was harmed after that. See, in Leviticus, we hear that the word reprove. Sometimes we may have to reprove our, our brother. But in this case, we go beyond the Levitical law, Levitical law to not just our brother, who's a Jew, but now everybody, anybody. Living out this command of loving your enemies is probably the hardest thing we can do. And I have, I'll tell you, I've held resentments I'm not perfect at this. But remember, this isn't about liking someone. You don't have to like them. Please don't like their behavior. But see, love is willing the good for the other. While liking someone is more subjective. I like them today. I don't like them. You know, they said something mean to me. I don't like them today. So you don't have to like everybody. But we have to love them. Even our enemy. In fact, the more that you don't like someone, get this, all the greater your love is when you do love them, right? When you will the good for someone that you don't like, because it's harder, right? The greater the sacrifice. So this commandment is not a suggestion, and it is one of the hardest things to do. So let us pray for this supernatural grace to love our enemies, period. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.